Have you ever been in a relationship where your idea of a good time maybe didn't line up with your partners? Maybe you felt like you weren't getting enough intimacy or your partner didn't want to try new things or maybe you were on the other side of that equation and felt like you were always being bugged and bothered into getting busy when you just didn't feel like it. Joining me today for Let's Talk About This is sexologist and self-confessed pleasure activist, sex geek and sensualist, Tanya Coons. Good morning, Tanya. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Before we get into desire discrepancy, tell me a little bit about your work. Ah, like what a sexologist does? Yeah. yeah. People are like, is that a real job when I meet them? But yes, it is. Um, I, I run a practice in Surrey Hills that's basically a counselling. So a lot of people come to me for help. Um, that's part of my job. So seeing people about dysfunction, but also sometimes coaching people if they want to do different things. Sometimes people come to me to learn Tantra. Sometimes they want to come and learn about kink. Sometimes they want to open up their relationship or just learn to interact with each other better. A lot of times people come to me because they need to have a conversation with each other and they want to come to a safe space where they can talk about sex. So that's a cool part of the job. And another part is doing things like this, is talking about it and helping people understand what it's like. But the pleasure activist part of it, giving people lessons on pleasure and how our bodies work. So a lot of speaking and writing and things as well. And one thing that comes up in your work is desire discrepancy, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> what is desire discrepancy? It's pretty, um, I think the, the old term for that is mismatched libido, right? So it's it, literally what you said before, when one person would like more sex than the other. So a lot of people sort of write it off to libido as a thing and it's sort of like the way you're you're biologically set because some people are more interested in sex than other people. There's no two ways about that. It's the same as some people are more interested in sport than other people or food than other people. But then there are other reasons that impact on people's desire and arousal. And uh, when I'm talking to people, especially about female arousal, um, for women, 75% of their... um, their desire is um, subjective. It's what's going on around them. Whereas for guys, they can they can wake up in the morning and be ready to go. Right, the way that the way that they're wired. That's not always, but that you know, it's a fairly linear model. I often draw on the back of my notepad at work this nice linear model for how guys' arousal works because it's like you have you have desire, then there's arousal, then there's an erection, then we have sex, and there's ejaculation, and then there's the time it takes to get another erection and rinse, wash, and repeat. You go again. Right? Yeah, but for women, for women, I don't draw the picture because it's got circles and squares and arrows and dotted lines and it's even got a little fluffy cloud (laughs) in it. So what it means really is that 75% of what's going on around us is is impacting us. That's impacting 75% of our desire. Our bodies will arouse and we do feel desire. There's no two ways about that. But you know, if if the dinner's boiling over and the kids are crying and the dog's just thrown up on the carpet, chances are we're not going to be feeling as sexy as we've just received a foot massage and, you know, told that we look lovely today, for example. That's, that's narrowing it down broadly. So what does desire discrepancy do to a relationship? Yeah, it can... When I see it at its worst, you know, the lower libido partner, if they're having trouble talking about it, and and a lot of people find it very difficult to talk about sex, why they want it or why they don't want it, they can withdraw. So they start, you know, even hand-holding and kissing, all the lovely affectionate things that we enjoy in a relationship can start to evaporate because the lower libido person's frightened that they're going to lead to sex and sex that they may or may not want. Um, So that's, that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, Sex is really important in a relationship because it, it keeps us connected and it keeps the stretch in the relationship as well. helps us be a lot nicer to each other when we're being irritated by our partner. 
so that people can get a bit tetchy and a bit grumpy and the communication starts to get a bit not so good. Mm. Well, I want to throw this out to the listener now. If you or someone you know is going through a bout of desire discrepancy with your or their partners, please text in to 0409 945 945. And my guest today, Tanya Coons, is going to be able to answer all your questions. That number is 0409 945 945. You will be able to remain anonymous if you choose to. My name is Bradley Tenner and you're listening to Mornings. We'll be back soon with some more. Today we're talking about sex and what happens when your partner has a different idea about how much of it is a good thing. Helping me unpack the nitty-gritty of desire discrepancy today is sexologist Tanya Coons. Thank you for joining me today. Hey. And we have been talking about libido mismatch, as it used to be called, or desire discrepancy. Now, before the song we heard about uh, what happens, how men's sort of arousal work and women's arousal work is different. But what happens when the woman is the one who feels as if she's not getting uh, enough of the good stuff? We did have a caller during the break. She's on the line now. Her name is Helen. Are you there, to- Helen? Yep, I'm here. Okay, Helen, would you like to ask your question to Tanya? Yeah, I guess um, I thought I took a advantage of having a free because it's a bit difficult for me to approach my husband. I mean, I, I've, I've, it's been a problem, I guess, the last five years or so. And, uh, um, yeah, and, and it's hard because I'm the girl. Um, I give him signs, and I just, um, you know, I even woke up today having it on my mind and on my way to work thinking, okay, maybe I'll give a call. It's, Great. So, Great. Yeah. So, um, Helen, how obvious are the signs? A lot of the time people think they're giving really big signs to their partner and their partner's not quite mm. aware. I don't know. I guess because I know, I mean, they're not huge signs, but because mm. I just don't want to be, you know, put down. And it's happened before and I'm just not willing to keep, you know, opening myself up that way. So I give signs. I say things. We're very cuddly, you know. Yeah, very, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's that's what's so odd about this. We have everything else except we just never go the yard, and I just don't understand it. So yeah, I can uh, yeah, and cause there's there's quite a myth out there that the guys are supposed to want sex more than the women. They're supposed to want sex all of the time, and it's actually not quite true. I speak to lots and lots of women who are in the same position as yourself. Um, And the the trick is to have a chat to each other. And I understand that that's hard because you don't want to be rejected. But it could be saying, you know, sweetie, why don't we have a chat about how much sex we're having? And we can can talk about it in a number of ways. And I often get people when they're sitting in front of me to answer a question of how much sex would you like to have? But I'd like you to answer the question twice. How much in an ideal world? So an ideal world is, you know, a world where we're not tired, we're not too busy, we don't have too many things on. And then in a good enough world, I need this much sex to survive, right? So we can see the stretch between people because often we're afraid of asking. And if our partner knew that we only wanted sex, say, once once a week, just say they're thinking that we want it every day, but it turns out that we can, we can get by with once a week, then it's going to be easier to talk about that and negotiate making it happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. And the other thing is I think when people get married or they start new relationships, we have this fantastic 
process in our bodies where we get this flush of hormones that are desired to help us find a mate. So they yeah. help us have a lot more spontaneous sex and it's really easy to have sex then and to get around to it. But yeah. um, that's that's called limerence and that lasts between 6 and 24 months generally between couples and then those chemicals disappear and we have to work at our intimate life just as we have to work at our relationship. So yeah. I talk to people and say, you know, this is where you need to plan to be spontaneous, right? So it doesn't make sense, but it's about making little pockets in your week or your fortnight or your month where you're going to spend intimate time together and it may lead to sex or it may not. So things like let's take a bath or a shower together or let's have naked TV night or let's yeah. you know do some things like that, that that are fun and that you wouldn't do with your best friend and they may lead to sex, but if not, they're still very nurturing for your physical connection. Yeah, I see. Do you think your husband would be up for chats like that? Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had some recent chats. I just, uh, I just kind of, you know, I'm, I think that it's time for me to really address it. So, and there's been signs just by this morning um, commute. So I thought I'd go ahead and just get a bit more, I don't know, um, go to do it, go to sit and talk to him. I mean, we're, we're very much in love. There's, there's no doubt about that. It's just... Uh, it's yeah. hard to talk about. <laughs> it really is. And people, and people, I can really understand that when you're knocked back a few times, then you don't want to ask again because it's a bit of a blow to the ego. Yeah. And then you start to think, what's wrong with me? And take responsibility. And a lot of yeah. the time there might be something going on for our partner that we're not aware of. You know, there yeah. could there could be some difficulties. You know, maybe there's been erectile dysfunction once or twice. And that's a thing that guys will experience at some point in their life. Yeah. But some people can get very anxious about that happening again and start to avoid sex. Yeah. Well, you know, so it really depends on what's happening between the two of you. It may be tiredness levels. It might be like, when's a good time for us? to spend a little bit of naked time together rather than yeah. sort of asking when, when you feel like it. Sort of work together as a team. Yeah, make this a team thing. Mm. Okay, well, I appreciate your... your oh, I'm really advice. glad you called in. Thank you so much for calling in, Helen, and listening to FBI Radio. We're going to get into some more ways that you can... Um, uh, get help with desire discrepancy but first I just want to get to one text we had here. My husband suffers from headaches which can last for days so he's been avoiding sex since I've known him. Not a desire discrepancy exactly though that's the result more an issue with pain which no amount of therapy, meditation, massage or any other physical and psychological therapies seem to alleviate Tanya do you have any solution for that person who texts in? Wow, um, that's a difficult one because pain isn't sexy. Yeah, I, I often deal with people who are having pain during sex or because of sex, but this sounds like that somebody's got an ongoing medical condition, and that's hard. You know, I talk to people often who are dealing with cancer and other illnesses, and it's sort of like the partner doesn't want to ask because it feels inappropriate, but then you do need to connect. So it may be talking about what do we do when there are no headaches present. Um, it sounds like they've been trying to find out why we're having headaches and things like that. Um, it also might be looking at what is possible. So if we're not going to have full-on sex with all the bells and whistles, can we lie here and cuddle or could we stroke each other or could one person masturbate while their partner's just present and hugging them and kissing them? Very intimate thing to do. Um, Tanya, if uh, desire discrepancy, is that always about one person wanting it more than the other or can it be to do with having different sort of fetishes and desires ah. to maybe branch out into different sort of realms of sexual activity? That's a great question. Thanks. Um, yeah, it can be. It, 
people call it desire discrepancy, but you know, it may not be that the person's libido is low. It may be that they're tired of doing the same old thing or that they want to do other things and their partner's not so interested, so they avoid sex. Um, I, yes, again, sometimes people really, really like things and their partner's like, yeah, no, I'm not into that, and they can get a bit pouty and be like, wow, it's not worth me doing it then, so I'm not going to. Right, so it's it's a little bit of, so I think when we get to the bottom of it, I, it's a bit forensic in talking to people about well, what do you think is preventing you or getting in the way of having sex? And so we find things out like, well, you know, I really want to go and do something publicly, and my partner doesn't, or I really want to do anal sex, and my partner's totally against it. And it's like, okay, so we need to work out if these things are deal breakers, or whether there are other things that we could compromise on. I saw a couple years ago and um, he wanted to have a threesome and he thought their marriage would be totally over if he didn't experience this. And she was like, no, 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 no. And we worked around what could they compromise on that they'd both like to do. And it wound up that they like to spend Friday nights in bed together reading each other erotic stories. That's way different to a threesome. But it was really good for both of them. Um, Thank you so much for helping everyone uh, get their heads around desire discrepancy. And who knows, maybe someone who's heard today... uh, now has the courage to speak to a partner if if it's a real problem though you do run a workshop at your therapy center which is called sorry hills therapy um the workshop's training other therapists to talk about sex because again a lot of counselors and psychologists are a bit afraid to talk about sex Mm. so that's for practitioners but i do encourage people go out see a sex therapist or look online there's a lot written about desire discrepancy there's an australian um, sex therapist dr rosie king who's written a book called where did my libido go there's a whole bunch of stuff written and there's a whole bunch of us out there who really want to help you with this stuff well you enjoy the rest of your day Tanya, thank you so much for coming in for Let's Talk About Sex. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.